listener, and welcome to the Man by Cow podcast with me, Howard, and my ever-present companion, Rufus. Rufus? Where are Ru- Rufus? Where are- Rufus, where are you? I'm up here, in Uncle Norbert's lab. Come up and join me. Excuse me, listener, I'm just going to go upstairs. Bring the recording stuff with you. Allow the plot to follow you. Okay. <laughs> Rufus, what, what are you doing? I'm just trying to fix the phone. Well, what's wrong with it? No matter what number you call, it dials the pizza place on the corner. It's been like that for ages, have you not noticed? No. But that does explain why every time I've called my mum recently, she's brought me a pizza. Yeah. And why she grew that beard. I've tried everything. I tried hitting it with a hammer, but that didn't seem to work. So I tried hitting it with a cricket bat instead, but that just made it worse. Then I remembered that Uncle Norbert always used a screwdriver to fix things. So I tried hitting it with this screwdriver. What happened? It just fell to bits all over the floor. Right. So I picked them all up and sellotaped them back together, but I think I might have included some extra parts that were lying around the lab because it's a lot bigger now than it was. Yeah. Did it always have this guinea pig nail to it? I think so. And this thing coming out the back, what's this? That is a nuclear reactor. Hmm. Is that necessary? On a phone? I have no idea. Give it here. Let me try it. Okay, but oh, be careful not to press this big red button here. Okay. Why? Well, if you do, I'm about 50% sure that we'll both die horribly with no skin. We're getting ready to go now. To spend some time with Man by Cow. Uncle Mick. That's strange, isn't it? Because he's been dead for three months. Yeah. Hello, Uncle Mick. Um, aren't you dead? We thought you were dead. I don't think so. Hang on, I'll check. Beatrix, am I dead? No, you're not dead, dear. You're probably just thirsty. Oh, get the tonic. He says he's alive. He's lying. Well, how is that possible? I don't know, but he's managing it somehow because he's definitely dead. How can you be so sure? His body's still in my bedroom, remember? I've been using him as a hat stand. Oh, I told you to call the undertakers. I did, but they just brought me two meat feasts and a bottle of cola. That was a good night. That was a good night, yeah. uh, Uncle Mick, where are you? Are you in hell? No, I'm in the kitchen. I've been teaching my two nephews how to write poetry. Do you want to hear one? Oh, yeah, go on. This is from a poem I wrote for my dear ex-wife, just before she left me to become one of those lesbians that are so popular nowadays. Your hair is like a flock of goats walking down a mountain. Oh, how I love to gaze into your shiny eyeballs and stroke your lovely goat hair. Your boobs are like a bag of grapes, except they're smooth rather than lumpy and not made of grapes. The thought of them makes me wee the bed with sticky man milkshake. Howard, there's something strange going on here. What? Other than talking to my dead uncle on the phone, you mean? I remember that poem, and I remember Uncle Mick teaching us about poetry in the kitchen when we were kids. Hmm. Uncle Mick, question, what year is it? Well, it's 1987, of course, but I don't think I can be your uncle. Both my nephews are here. Uh, Beatrix, have you got any children I don't know about? I don't think Beatrix can have children on account of the fact that her lady plonker doesn't work properly. It's all pointy. Howard, hang up the phone quick. I've got to go now, Uncle Mick. Bye. Goodbye. 
But hang, you got to hang up first. No, you 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 hang up first. No, no, you hang up first. No, you hang up first. No, no, you. No, you. No, no, you. No, you. No, you hang up first. No, you. You. No, you. 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 Okay, bye. You realise what this means? No. No idea. It's a time phone. Time what? A time phone. No, I'm not time following you. I have accidentally invented a time phone. So, can I use it to call the pizza place half an hour ago so it arrives immediately? Pat-pong pizza. I guess so, yeah. We're never going to have to wait for pizza again! Well, listener, while me and Howard go and eat whatever type of pizza he's about to order, why don't you have a listen to these sketches that we made earlier? Hello. Hello. I'd like to order a haddock pizza, please. It was extra haddock. Nomadic clash, nomadic clash, nomadic clash, and it's talking dog. Who's called dog a dog? Doggity dog! I not! I haven't got a bone to dig up! There's some fing bones for you to dig up, you fucking bastard! Nomadic clash, nomadic clash, nomadic clash, and it's talking dog, who's called Doggity Dog. This is the bad news. But the driver of the car said it was because the man had been dressed as a clown that he'd run him over. Now back to our main story. Earlier today, the Prime Minister made this statement outside Downing Street. I'm very proud of my achievements while in office. We have seen the number of people living in poverty fall dramatically, as poor people have been forced to eat each other to stay alive. We are one of the greenest governments in history, as under our administration, 60% of people haven't been able to afford to heat their homes or switch lights on, which has had a very positive effect on the environment. The number of people on disability benefits has fallen drastically since we put all testing centres at the top of very high staircases. This has also led to a drop in the number of registered disabled in this country, as many of them have starved to death, often at the bottom of very high staircases. The economy is now facing a quintuple dip recession, and it is my contention that the solution lies in lower or no taxes for corporations, and more money sitting in the bank accounts of the very rich. However, After years of this appearing to have the exact opposite effect, the economy shrinking and almost everyone becoming unemployed, my cabinet have come to disagree with me, and this morning voted a unanimous lack of confidence in my leadership. Consequently, I shall be resigning the post of Premier to spend more time shooting things. Taking over as Prime Minister is the recently elected Conservative MP for Reigate, Walter Mallon, who, it has been revealed, is a sentient but silent melon. This is the Yeah, yeah, I suppose you've got a point. Guitar music is on its way out, and it is all dick. Howard, what are you doing? I'm just talking to John Lennon in 1959. Listen, John, if you think you'd be happier as a fishmonger, you owe it to yourself to quit the band and start gutting yourself some halibut. Howard, stop it. If, if, if you accidentally change something important, you could destroy the present. Remember what happened the other week when you travelled back in the time fridge and shot your granddad? Nothing, it was fine. Exactly. You were lucky that time, don't push it. Mm. Okay, okay, bye. Bye-bye, John Lennon. And don't forget what I said about Yoko Ono. Bye. See you soon. Bye, John Lennon. Now you hang up first. Go on, you do. You, 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 you. Okay, bye. What did you tell 1950s John Lennon about Yoko Ono? Just that, you know, if he does stick with his Silver Beatles skiffle band, that they'll only really start writing good songs once she gets involved. Well, that's true. 
Hello. Hi, blokes. It's your Uncle Dennis Quaid here, calling you from the future. You know, killer robots, flying cars, all that jazz. It's Uncle DQ. Apparently, jazz is very popular in the future. Strange. Glue your lug holes to the phone, blokes. I've got a very important message for you from the future. You've got to listen carefully, right? Because if you don't, it's going to be pretty awful for the lot of us, okay? Okay, here we go. It's absolutely vital that you... What happened? It went dead before he could give us a vital future message. Shit, what what are we going to do? Well, there's only one thing we can do, my friend. We're going to have to dial every possible combination of numbers until we get through to Uncle DQ at the right point in the future. And then we can ask him what he wanted. Or we could not tie up the phone and wait for him to call back. No, I prefer my plan. Fair enough. Mr. Fluck, it's nice to see you again. It's nice to see my again. Uh, what can I do for you? I'm ripe for my ready return. Yeah, Mr. Fluck, ripe for my ready return. Well, I don't see what kind of show we're going to put you in. I mean, we've, we've tried you in several several positions. You can put me in any show. Put me in any show you like. What about a police show? It's about me, Mr. Fluck. And um, I'm a police person. And I'll, I'll drive around, probably, in a car. Or oh, it doesn't have to be a car. It could be a bicycle. Yeah, like, to be a police person driving around in a bicycle. Yeah, it's an old-fashioned one. It's an old-fashioned police person. An old-fashioned police person who yeah. drives around in a bicycle. Yeah, he's got a, he's got a lamp on his head and it flashes on and off. And I, yeah, yeah, I've got sirens in the past, so I have to go we were we were we were everywhere I'm going, and then the nose I'm coming. All the criminals are like, oh, no, here comes Mr. Flack. I can hear him going, we were, we leave. Well, they run away. Well, I'm starting to get really quiet. I'll creep up and I'm starting to don't know I'm coming. I'll be like, we were, we were, we were, we were, we And then I'm like, hello, and jump out at him from my bike. I'm sorry, Mr. Flack, but we will not be making your TV show. Fine, don't then, but I'm going to make it myself, and then you'll regret things. We were, we were, we were. I am. A policeman, stop, put up your hands and step away from the cat. Right, get on the back of my bike. I'm charging you with disruption of the peace. Possession of a dog, you're back to rights. Come in, PC Fluck. What can I do for you? I need lots of money. You can't have lots of money. Go have a bit of money then. No, you can't. You get paid to do a job. I'm not giving you extra money. Something very dangerous is happening. What's happening? It's the Queen Mother. The Queen Mother? She's been dead for like ten years. Yeah, it's not her then. It's it's her daughter. The regular Queen. That's the one. Okay, what's wrong with the Queen? What have you got to do with the Queen? She's been eaten. She's been eaten? Yeah. Well, I think this means we probably we need to put out more alerts than just giving you money. That's not a rational response to that. Oh, the Queen's been eaten. Quick, give PC Flux some money. Why would we do that? Well, thought I can solve the crime. What, well, I what? can't solve the crime if I haven't got any money. It's like, you know, I'm going to get a bus, would well, I? Who ate the Queen? A gorilla. A, a what? A big, airy gorilla's eating a Queen. Like a gorilla? Yeah, it's got to take her place. It's got itself a queen outfit, he's wearing it. So, anyway, so what you're telling me is that what? a gorilla, a yeah, gorilla a has grill. eaten the queen and taken her place, and you want me to give he's you money? Wearing her. What are you going to do with the money? I'm going to spy on the gorilla. So you're spy on, so you want money to spy on the queen? Well, I've got to prove it, haven't I? I mean, you don't want a gorilla running the country, do you? The queen Should is. Should be a... like making up new laws where everyone's got to eat bananas. The... Oh, I don't want to eat a banana. I like oranges. What's a banana? That's what gorillas eat. What, have you never seen a nature programme? You're telling me that gorillas eat bananas? That's right, yeah. 
Of course they do. They rhyme, don't they? It's like, that's how food works. So what do monkeys eat? Well, do they eat banana-nunkies? I says that gorillas eat bananas. I know. I didn't say, I don't know what a monkey is. I said, um, a, uh, a, 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 a banana might eat a banana. That might do that. That might swing from a tree and eat a banana. A banana might. But what does banana rhyme with? Banana. But what does banana rhyme with? Well, that rhymes with the, with the thing what eats it. What's a banana? Mr. Fluck, have you ever thought that maybe police work is not the job for you? Well, no. I've just. I've got clues. I've got them. And I, you know, I'm solving stuff before other people solve you things. Haven't I can save the world. I have a figured out about that gorilla getting inside the queen. No that, one else knows about that. That didn't happen. Look, look, didn't at the, look on the TV right now. Look, there's the queen. There's a picture of the queen. And she's all happy because one of her grandchildren has had a baby or something. What's that yellow thing she's eating? It's a banana. You know, the queen's allowed to eat bananas. And like, she? If she wants to swing from a tree, that's just something she can do. Yeah, and yes, if she wants to sit in a tyre, that's the queen's prerogative. You know, she's allowed, she's the queen, she can do what she wants. Oh, right, never mind. It was just a guess anyway. Well, what is it that you hate so much about dogs? Everybody know that I, Oleg Yazdowski, hate all animals that live in trees. Oh, right. Hey, have you tried just running up to them in zoos and punching them? Yes, I spend much time in Soviet jail for punching zoo dogs. People's revolution do nothing for me. They kick me out of Communist Party. I say, that's not very communist. They say, we don't care, crazy dog punching man. Wait, usually what the English do. People who hate cute fair animals here put on a fancy dress and chase them through Leicestershire on horses. Or, or they say the animals are spreading TB or some other made-up disease and then shoot them. Have you tried shooting dogs and lying about why you're doing it? I shoot many dogs, but Supreme Soviet courts say I'm not allowed to work in pet shop no more. What about some kind of big mincing machine? You don't understand. I hate dogs so much, even their meat make me want to empty my stomach juice on carpet. What you need is some kind of clever plan. A way to murder dogs that makes people think that it's a good thing. Impossible. Everybody in Soviet Union love dogs. Stupid banana-eating vermin. Oleg. I have got an idea for you. Get a pen and paper though. You're gonna need to write this one down. Hi, I'm Walt Dubenheimer and you're watching A History of Space Travel. Now let's take a look at an interview I did in 1957 with Dr. Oleg Yazdowski, the scientist who was in charge of preparing the animals for the first space flights. Yes, it's very sad to see my precious dog shot into space, knowing that even if they don't explode, they probably will die from radiation or heart attack. Tell me, Dr. Yazdowski, what kind of training regime do you put the space dogs through before they go into orbit? It is my job to get them ready for very harsh conditions in spacecraft, so I spend much time punching them in face. In order to get the trainee dogs ready for the extreme g-force they will experience during takeoff and acceleration, Dr. Yesdowski spends 14 hours a day hitting them with a plank of wood. Here he can be seen preparing trainee dogs Malaya and Malishka for the effects of zero gravity by throwing them out of a window. Dr. Yazdowski, some people have accused you of just being a crazy dog-punching guy. How do you address that kind of criticism? This is the news. We now go over to our political correspondent, Jeffrey McGeffrey, who is outside Parliament asking the public how they feel about a melon becoming Prime Minister. 
Jeffrey. Thank you, Dickie. And here are just some of the reactions we've been getting from people we've talked to this afternoon. Well, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you this. When I voted for the Green Party, I didn't, I didn't expect an actual green melon to, uh, to get the job. Green Party. You know he's a member of the Conservative Party, of course. No, no, I didn't know that. Yes, no. he's a Conservative politician. Oh. Well, I'll tell you what then, okay. When I voted for the Conservative Party, I didn't I didn't, well, I didn't expect a melon to get in. I think if I was going to choose a Prime Minister, like if I had the opportunity to somehow choose a Prime Minister, I think I'd prefer an apple or maybe a banana. I, quite like, I like kiwi fruit, that's that's nice. But like, a melon is just boring, isn't it? This is why young people don't like politics, because like melons are boring. And what's voting again? Is that the bit where you take a dog and stroke it? Who voted a melon in? We can't have a Prime Minister who's a melon. That's ridiculous. What's wrong with you? The young people today, they go, they go around the place wearing their skinny jeans and drinking their coffee in a paper cup and now voting for tropical fruit. When I was a lad, we didn't even have any tropical fruit. We just had regular fruit. And we didn't vote for it, we ate it. My mother told me, she told me many a time, she said, Brian, I gave you that apple to eat, not to elect to public office, you twit. They used to hit me with a banana, and I'd say, where'd you get that banana from, mother? I thought we didn't have tropical fruit here in the past. And she'd say, shut up and go and get me some bananas off the banana tree in the garden. What was your original question? This is the Bertha News. Okay, Howard, your turn. There we go, uh, let me try one. Good morning, this Sonny Do speaking. Yeah, oh, oh, one second. Good afternoon, this Pappy Do speaking. Oh, no, one second, hold on. Good evening, Grandpappy Do here. Almost there, one sec. What do you want? Why are you calling me a quarter of the foe in the morning? A quarter of the foe! Sorry, who, who am I speaking to? It's Great Grandpappy Do here. Oh, Great Grandpappy Do, fantastic. It's uh, it's, it's Howard here. Your um, great grandson or your grandson? I thought Howard was dead. No, but what? <laughs> Shit! Don't be saying that. I don't. My memory not so good these days, cause I got Alzamo. I got Alzamo. <laughs> Look at me. My name Great Grandpappy Do. I got Alzamo. That's all right then. I'm probably still alive. Um, listen, have you seen Uncle Dennis Quaid anywhere? I told you already. I got Alzamo. I don't know no one called Uncle Dennis Quaid. <laughs> Look at me. My name Uncle Dennis Quaid. And Great Grandpappy Do. Don't know who I am. <laughs> I'm going to pretend I didn't make that call. I think that's probably for the best, yeah. Hey, maybe I can call my niece Katie in the future, you know, to see how she turns out when she's all grown up. Katie doesn't exist, Howard. You made her up. I what, your pardon? It's just you doing a silly high-pitched voice. Unky Howard, can I have a sucky lipstick, please? That is what she calls ice lollies, and she's going to be really upset when she hears you saying she doesn't exist. And where is she right now? She's in hospital. She accidentally swallowed one of my highlighter pens and she's having it removed. I see. On the bright side, she wrote a lovely song about the experience. It's called My Uncle Howard's Pen Is Inside Me. This is the News. We now return to our political correspondent, Geoffrey McGeffrey, who is outside Parliament asking the public how they feel about a melon becoming Prime Minister. Geoffrey? Thank you, Dickie. Now, sir, 
What's your reaction to our new Prime Minister? So, uh, what kind? What kind of man is he? Is he a tank of you? Or is he, uh, is he, is he a walker man? Because his name's Walker Mayer, so he's a walker man. Uh, it's coincidentally, he is a, a watermelon, yes. Will you be expecting me to eat him? Um, I don't think so, no. I, I, don't, so, think that's... I don't have to eat him. You no. don't have to eat the Prime Minister, no. You have you ever eaten a Prime Minister before? Well, no, but uh, you know, Prime Minister's never been my breakfast before. No, I, mean, but... I like to have my own for breakfast. I just don't like all the pips. I don't like the Prime Minister got pips in him. I don't understand why he floats around on that little platform and tries to kill Dan Dare all the time. What's that got to do with being a Prime Minister of England in the 21st century? What if you wish to have a revolution and chop his head off? You'll just chop him in half and melons like that, don't they? They love that kind of malarkey. Chop him in half and he'll be fulfilling his melony purpose in life. Chop him in half, he's happy. Keep him not chopped in half, he's happy. Fucking green bastard. So how am I supposed to know he's actually the Prime Minister when they all, they all look the same, don't they, them melons? Like, well, I go down the fucking supermarket, I see a pile of the fucking things, how do I know that one's, which one's the Prime Minister? Yeah, how do you know that? Well, it's not a pile of Prime Ministers. It could be, it could be invading, couldn't it? Yeah, pro- invasion of the Prime Ministers. Uh, like, I, I, can I buy a melon? And they're like, no, that's that's a I pile can, of Prime Ministers. I could, uh, any melon could get in anywhere now, because he'll be like, I'm the Prime Minister, let me into this exclusive club. I can't go in that club, but that, uh, that melon can roll straight in that club, any uh, melon can. Yeah, people with lack of morals, they'll be turning up at clubs with melon suits on, saying, oh, hello, I'm the Prime Minister, can I come into your club? And then they'll be saying yes. So clubs will just be full of fruit and people with melon costumes on. I don't want to go to a club like that. It's outrageous. This country's gone to the dogs. Then it's come back from the dogs and it's been taken over by a melon. This is the News. And now, direct from hell, we give you our great Auntie Beatrice with a wonderful new song that she has written all about us in our podcast. You're listening to Man Like How Although it happened days ago, you're listening to it now You're listening to Man Like How podcast But how can you be listening when it happened in the past? Could it be a recording? Well, no, it isn't In fact, they used a time machine History, how they made the fridge do that's a mystery. Fast and scary like a roller coaster. And don't put your hand in a toaster. She may have been a Nazi, but she was full of good advice. Oh, you love their massive pod, but it's been a while since breakfast, so you stick it in your gob. Suck and chew their tasty cast. While upon the Dennis Quaid, and I've got a right hankering for some fried cornflakes. Where have you been, Uncle DQ? Chicago. I've been filming for my new movie. I play a police detective who survives the end of the world by hiding in a cupboard. Sounds great. It's called In a Cupboard. It would be. What's happened to all the cornflakes, mates? Oh, well, we went to the duck pond earlier and fed the ducks with cornflakes. Don't ducks explode if you feed them cornflakes? Some of the ducks did explode, yes. What am I going to do? Look at the time. The shop will be closed and there's no cornflakes for me tea. You fellas know I need me cornflakes after a hard day of hiding in a cupboard. Why didn't you go to the supermarket? We've been a bit busy with the time phone and your stupid message from the future, actually. Time phone? Rufus accidentally invented it. Bonza, let's have a go. 
Hi blokes, it's your Uncle Dennis Quaid here, calling you from the future. You know, killer robots, flying cars, all that jazz. It's Uncle DQ. Apparently jazz is very popular in the future. Strange. Glue your lug holes to the phone, blokes. I've got a very important message for you from the future. You've got to listen carefully, right? Because if you don't, it's going to be pretty awful for the lot of us, okay? Okay, here we go. It's absolutely vital that you go to the... Hey, what you doing, Howard, mate? Do you realise that we have spent all day dealing with the fallout from the phone call you just made? You... Big idiot. Yeah, and if you hadn't cut him off before he'd finished the message, we would have known that there was absolutely nothing to worry about. You bigger idiot. Oh yeah, and if you hadn't glued a phone to a nuclear reactor, none of this would have happened in the first place, you biggest idiot. Uh, okay, well, well, let's just agree that everyone's a little bit to blame, but mostly it's Dennis Quaid's fault. Yeah, okay. Aw, oh, unfair dinkum, mate. And let's also agree never to use the time phone again. It is far too much trouble. Agreed. I guess all that's left is to get Posh Trevor to sing the end song. Take it away, Posh Trevor! My soup's got to fly in And there's woodlouse in my wine My bread has fleas on But I can see no reason to be shy I'll try to eat them if I can now For I'm an insect-eating man Bed bugs in the butter And butterflies on the cutlery My salad's tasty Because it contains lady But absurd, you say but I don't see it that way Because I'm an insect-eating man Not hard-boiled eggs, but daddy long legs Instead of three, a bumblebee Buzz, buzz, buzz Forget burritos, give me mosquitoes no broth, just moth Ants all over my lamb shanks Ticks on my asparagus tips A smattering of weevil Well, I know you think I'm evil But believe I'm not They were hiding in the pepper pot They all lava Insect-eating man Just moth one last time. Aside from honey, what do honeybees make? A crunchy base for an insect cheesecake. Top of beetles in their jelly. Which I prefer to black jelly. Very quaint, for sure. But now I need some more. Just like an insect evil because. I'm an insect-eating man Oh, yes, I am All together now I'm an insect-eating man And a bad 
show, don't miss the other free podcast we make, which is much more regular and has a lot more episodes. The Worst Writer in the World, a podcast about stories. This must be what it was like in caveman time. <laughs> Why? Well they, well, they used to tell stories, share the same stories around the fireplace. <laughs> fireplace. <laughs> Listen to Rufus read stories and scripts that Howard wrote when he was too young to know better. No, it's the year 1625. Okay, so let's see what my knowledge of 1625 is like, shall we? A godforsaken knight. Fred gets out his mobile phone. (laughs) (laughs) Hold on a second. Something's wrong here. And takes his Tesco package sandwich out. He has a nibble and then gets back in his car. (laughs) Such as Rapunzel. Howard's reimagining of the classic fairy tale. Grieg goes and Henry closes the door. He turns to his wife, who is now knelt and stroking the crib. Mm. He smiles at her. <laughs> she looks up through her tears and smiles back. It's perfect. I'm so happy. Her admission of happiness only makes her cry all the harder. Mm. <laughs> That's what she made. <laughs> And Henry cannot help but laugh. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, you stupid crying. You stupid crying woman. (laughs) You're fucking useless. (laughs) It's just a fucking The worst writer in the world is available now. Free on the British Comedy Guide or wherever podcasts can be found. Little Howard dreamed of being a writer. Anyway, the next line Howard writes is Me, I'm a big stupid twat. Sorry, Howard. Sorry.